Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D. Mendy here, joined, of course, by a great cast of characters here, starting with the guy to my right. We welcome in a man that uh, I would consider the chump when it comes to online Scrabble. It's the Doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? <laughs> How am I a chump when I'm 2-0 against our mom? Come on, David. Yeah, you, you, tried to, you tried to think of that on the spot, and it was a fail. Come she on. lets you win. That's what she told me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And of, I'm course, the chump. of course, also another member of the crew here, a guy that I, someone I could see starring in a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's up? Look at that, Davey. I might have to make you my agent, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I'm officially out of all of my... Uh, my season-long fantasy leagues, so just kind of chilling. Oh man, that um, were the semifinals. You were in close, or were they blowouts? They were pretty much blowouts all around. I had a oh, lot of man. injuries or COVID, just kind of wrecking it. But that happened. Excuses. Yep, yeah. excuses. <laughs> it's definitely been a crazy year with all that type of stuff going on. But I'll tell you what's not crazy: the guest we have, who is a superstar. Welcome in a man that is a firm believer in tight ends matter. So much so you could write it on his tombstone. This ageist goes bug-eyed for combine metrics, loved his redraft <laughs> leagues, and of course is the creator of the Guru Fantasy Football World, where he gives dynasty thoughts, trade talks, and he makes the case. Ladies and gentlemen, the man with the starry landscape, footballs abound, and arguably the best wall art in the game. It is David Gutieri. How's it going, man? <laughs> Wow, you you make it sound so effortless that the hosting. You just how did you do that research so quick? I just changed all those notes today, and you already. Re- <laughs> wow, I'm Dude, impressed. I'm a, I, uh, He's a good stalker. Stalk, my stalking level is like a hundred. <laughs> so, uh, I, I looked at a clip you posted on like Twitter, and I saw the background. I saw the footballs, and then I looked at the bio and kind of looked a little bit into that stuff. So, to peek behind the curtain. But anyway, it's a it's a pleasure to have you, man. Please tell us a little bit more about what you got going on with the Guru Fantasy Football World. Uh, yeah, that's just really my creation. My It started off as a blog. Uh, eventually, it morphed into creating an encyclopedia of just fantasy football terms, uh, basically acronyms uh, like, like ADOT, stuff like that, those kind of things, just defining them and uh, eventually compiling them into a, an encyclopedia for everyone. Right now, it's under construction. It is going to be hopefully released by saying this last season for this past season, but uh, it was not built in time. I'm waiting on the website developers, so hopefully next season. But either way, uh, that's what will be coming for you guys. It will be free, just basically another tool for uh, the fantasy community to use. It's a good idea. I love it. I love it. And we're pumped to have you on the show tonight, man. We've got a lot of great stuff. We have our Week 16 short stories, Stuff or Fluff, our favorite Week 16, I'm sorry, week 17 DFS stacks. Of course, our obscure tight end touchdown of the week prediction. So make sure you stay tuned for all that. After we'll go to our question of the week, which I'll keep you guys in suspense. And of course, our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it. All right. 
let's get it started. Let's talk. There's a lot of news that's come out over the last week since we last talked to you guys here. Let's start out with the news that just came out prior to the show. The NFL and the NFLPA now have adopted the new CDC guidelines that reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all COVID positive players who are asymptomatic, including those who are also unvaccinated. This is according to Adam Schefter. I'm curious. We can go around the horn here, starting with you, Dave. What does this mean to you, man? I mean, it sounds like guys like Carson Wentz, Mike Williams, these guys can play, and maybe our COVID headaches of all these guys that can't play. Is that finally behind us? I, I'm not even going to act like I know what to make of this. <laughs> uh, I think it's just a guessing game. It continues to be a guessing game. You just play it by ear. Uh, you make the best choice you can. If you have a Thursday night game and you have players in question on Sunday, you tend to err towards the Thursday. I mean, there's not, I don't feel like there's – really a whole whole lot more that it changes uh for me at least i think one thing that this i saw when this came out is now the fact that carson wentz and quentin nelson can potentially play which is huge for the people that have jonathan taylor in their championship games because that those are two huge pieces we just saw alvin Kamara this past week struggle with a third string quarterback in their offensive lineman out and not that jonathan taylor obviously i think at this point he's a little bit better than Kamara, but I think people are starting to have that same worry that, hey, if there's so many bad guys around him, are they just going to pack the box in and make the backup quarterback beat them, which could negatively affect his fantasy output? Brad, when you saw this, did you have any thoughts to this? Not really. I think it's going to stay pretty murky because, you know, it used to be when we saw a guy go on the COVID list, we pretty much know that they're going to be out for the next one or two games. With this now, we're going to see a lot more questionables than outs, so you're going to be you know, waiting down to the wire, who to put in and who to take out. Uh, I don't think it changes much. I think it makes things easier for the actual teams, obviously. But in terms of, you know, selecting your guys for your fantasy lineups, I think it's still going to be pretty murky. Doc, are you in agreement with that? Yeah, I mean, I think David brought up a good point. Like, normally you stray away from the Thursday night games in previous years because, you know, you you don't like the the short week, but it's kind of like you you play the guaranteed people now and, you know, everybody's going to have the same disadvantage. I think you just, the most important thing is to have your handcuffs, you know, to have any backup for any player that you have considering starting so that if they do get on the COVID list last minute, yeah. you at least have their replacement. And I will also say too, that the Thursday night games are over. It's the Saturday night games this week and Sunday. And I believe that's all Sunday, the week after. So less time for you to be able to adjust accordingly too with that. Let's talk about some players, starting with Miles Sanders of the Eagles here, who broke a bone in his hand in Sunday's game. They already ruled him out for Week 17 against Washington. If you remember that week, Eagles won 34-10, to thanks in part to both Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, who combined for 200 yards in that game. 18 for 131 was from Miles Sanders. Now, I'll tell you guys this. The uh, interesting thing about potentially picking up an Eagles running back over the last eight games Eagles running backs have averaged 30 and a half yard, uh, carries per game, 153 rushing yards, and 1.1 touchdowns. They've been running the ball more than any other team over the last eight games, as far as rushing percentage of plays are concerned. Is Boston Scott a must-add, the number one must-add to you, Brad? No. Um, I think in a better matchup he would be, but he's got Washington in Week 17, and for what it's worth, they're a pretty stout run defense. Um, they got blown out versus the Cowboys this past week, and you'd think, you know, the running backs would have had a field day in a blowout game, but um, Zeke and Tony Pollard combined for 71 yards on 17 carries. 
So I I like Boston Scott. If he's going to be a lead back, I, I think he's good in, you know, PPR because he can, you know, go out in the flat and get those those extra receptions as well. But um, I don't think the run game is going to be there for them. And uh, Hurts kind of caps some upside in the red zone as well. I will say, right, as far as the last four weeks are concerned, Washington is giving up the second most – or no, I'm sorry, this is for quarterbacks. Yeah. As far as for running backs – they, as far as running backs are concerned, they've given up the – they're right in the middle. They're 13th, 22.78 points a game over the last four weeks. So, yeah, they're definitely – it's not a smash match. It's like kind of in the middle there. Again, the Eagles did run it down their throats last time, but maybe break Brad says maybe after the blowout they come out, they play a lot better. They try to come out with more of a purpose there. Doc, what do you think? Boston Scott. I mean, I think he's an ad, but I don't think he's the number one. I think it's there, Gumbawale. And you pick him up, and if anything, you do it so that you play defense against an, a, a potential opponent that might be starting him. I mean, we've kind of seen the Eagles go with the hot hand a little bit, and they they rode Miles Sanders, who astonishingly won't get a single touchdown this year. But they've used Kenneth Gainwell. They've they've used Jordan Howard in short circumstances. They've used Jalen Hurts at the goal line. So the, is that right, Doc? Miles Sanders doesn't have a single touchdown. Miles Sanders does not have a touchdown this year. He's averaging a career high five and a half yards a carry. Though. Wow, he's yeah, he's getting right. he's he getting had that one thirty one against the against Washington like three weeks ago. He's getting cool. he's getting that like two thousand eleven Hakeem Nicks treatment where he gets a lot of volume <laughs> and doesn't get a single touchdown. But I think I don't I wouldn't say that he's my priority. I think the volume might be there, but towards the goal line. You don't know if he's going to get it or not, Doc. Your your fantasy recall is crazy. You can I can just name a year. I can just be like 2007. I don't, I don't know if it was 2000. I remember it was still a high school year, but I took Hakeem Nix before T. Y. Hilton, and like T. Y. had like 11 touchdowns, and Hakeem Nix had zero that year. It was crazy. God, that's Hakeem Nix mentioned on this podcast, Dave. What do you think? You also kind of gave Doc the the surprise look when he has Dare Agubawale, and I'm with you on that. Dare to me is like the best case scenario. Maybe he's like RB 30 ish around this week especially going against the Patriots here. What do you think about Boston? That's Scott? exactly my thoughts because I, I left him off my short list to just because of the matchup. When I looked at last week, I was like, all right, I got to put him on at 17, 17 rushes, I think two mm-hmm. receptions when Robinson, but it's new England. And this offense, even with Meyer gone has been atrocious, nothing mm-hmm. short of it. And Lawrence has what one passing touchdown in the past eight, eight, eight games like yeah, it's, it's new england they are known for shutting down rookie quarterbacks i'm i'll tell you i'm oh what, hard, what, what did davis them. what did davis mills do this year tell me <sighs> that is the rare exception i would oh, not oh, bank oh, on oh, that oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry dave, I i'm with you i'm point. with you dave that's a separate conversation davis yeah. mills has looked better than trevor lawrence I, in, I'm in, I'm in the davis mills hive can I can, can I respond about why i think a google wall is well is let, let dave finish his point and then you can retaliate all right but yeah, basically, I'm avoiding him. Uh, I wouldn't say Scott is the top, but I would say the top options are probably uh, rostered, which would be Penny. If not, you're picking up Penny versus Detroit, obviously. Uh, Foreman against Miami, I would probably play him just because, like Eric mentioned, you don't know about Jordan Howard, uh, how much they're going to want to give him. I'm not worried about Gainwell. Uh, they only gave him one touch. I think Boston Scott, uh, 10 I love Gainwell, but they don't seem to want to give him the touches. Mm-hmm. They'll defer to Scott. Um, so really, for me, it's it's Penny Foreman or, or Boston Scott because the other guys, Justin Jackson and Madison, especially with the COVID rules, we're probably getting Eckler and, and Cook back. 
Uh, so you're not going to get another week out of them. Boston Scott is the guy you're, you're going to have no other option, but to, to jump to, I think. I agree with you hundred percent doc. You want to quickly retaliate because we got a lot of stuff we got to get through. Yeah. I mean, you look at a last week, he had 82% snap count and that's including when Justin Robinson or James Robinson got hurt. The other running backs they have on the roster, Raquel Armstead, who has zero carries this year, Nathan Cottrell, who got one carry that game. And game script probably means they're playing from behind. He is a receiving back as well. 15.2 PPR points last week. So I think volume is king, especially in the championship game. Yeah, you made a video on Daria Gumbawale on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel, why Doc's very firm on him this week. Yeah, I think you're the highest of anybody I've seen. Most people are like, maybe you pick him up and just stash him on your bench, but yeah, you're not I'm, playing I'm him. on that one. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a flex play for me unless you have better options. Right, fair enough. We did mention James Robinson, who tore his Achilles, is done for the season. He's been the only bright spot for the Jaguars this year in what seems like a just a tumultuous year. Robinson had 757 yards on 161 carries, which equates to 4.7 yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns through 13 games. I think it's very quietly done, too, because no one was talking about James Robinson a lot this year. But he, once again, very efficient here. I'm curious, guys, if you have James Robinson in a dynasty league, what are you doing with him? Are, I mean, I'm assuming, obviously, no one's given you probably any good offers from at this point. Are you holding on to him, or are you just trying to cut bait as soon as you can? Dave, what do you think? I think it's pretty clear that the value – can only go up I and mean, you look at cam makers without playing a snap just from coming back a couple uh practice hype videos the value where it is today and where it will be when he's about to step back onto the field which you, he likely will it will be higher so the, the play is obviously to hold um where i have him in my rankings i about like the damian harris territory like michael carter uh, i would trade him for ramondre stevenson uh it's not it's not looking great dynasty wise the value's definitely taking a major hit no it's it's not for sure it's I, again if you have him you're probably just holding at this point because you're probably not going to get much value for him uh just to toby's point who made a comment in the stream the new england patriots are the 11th best or give up the 11th most amount of catches so far this year two running backs but over the last four weeks they are now down to uh let's see over the last four weeks, they have actually given out the least amount of catches to running backs. They've only given up 10 receptions to running backs over the last four games. So I'm a recency bias kind of guy because a lot of times teams don't have their full strength of guys. That is a small sample, though, so I don't, I don't want to put too much stock in because you don't know what if it was just those four games didn't have good receiving backs. You know, who would yeah, who did they play would, the past four games? So I don't want to put just, too much stock into that. I would look at the season over the, the smaller sample. I'm with Dave because if you adjust their schedule, it's not really the greatest. You got to you know. say there's two Daves here, Brad. What's that? There's two Daves with two separate points here, Brad. I'll <laughs> be I'm... Dave. You're David. How about that? Okay, there we go. I'll I'll that. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the one or that was Dave, making call a point. me Davey boy if you want. Crockett, <laughs> call me whatever the heck you want. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for for James Robinson, I think there's there's two things you can do really. Um, either trade him to the person that has Travis Etienne or go trade for Travis Etienne. Because honestly, I, with the way these guys are coming back from injuries now, I have no idea when we're going to see James Robinson next. It might even be at the start of the year next year. I, I just, I, Cam Akers came back on in a few months from a, a torn ACL. So I, 
I honestly, I'm not going to count James Robinson out. He's shown that he's a, a Pro Bowl caliber running back. But in fairness, like if you tear your AC, if you tear your Achilles, you know, at the at the end of the season, um, your prognosis for next year doesn't look great. So um, that would kind of make Travis Etienne's value skyrocket skyrocket in, in a dynasty format. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think your best bet is to go get the handcuff or make him somebody else's handcuff. So I, I'd, I'd probably hit the uh, the transactions on that one in a dynasty league. I think I think one of the main reasons I would value them independently is just because Robinson's only under contract one more year, and I would say he's very likely going to be not re-signed. So I think it's only going to be 2022 where Etienne and Robinson are even uh, connected. In I would agree with that, except we haven't seen Etienne play, you know? They, I think. they do have him. They invested a first round pick. I mean, they retain, they're going to retain bulky. I, I think uh, their plan is uh, they have eaten it. I just don't see them paying Robinson what he could potentially get. Well, uh, you don't, we don't know his value, right? We just said his true. value is as low as it's going to be. So why wouldn't they resign somebody who's, you know, an a thousand yard rusher? If you were going to bet today, would you bet on Robinson resigning or leaving in free agency in 2022? I think he's going to bet on him I think it's going to depend on the Jags situation. I would love to see if they're a contender in two years by the time he comes back. And if they're like, hey, you've been with us. You know the offense. We're now a winning team. You'll be mixed in here. You know like you know the scheme. But if there's a team that if they're losing and not in any games, if he tries to try to sign with a contender and kind of work his way in there. And, it's a fair uh, question, though, Dave. I like that. Yeah, and the draft capital is definitely going to play a role. First round pick for some drafted player. Let's quickly get to the other news and notes here because I want to get some other stuff. Giants are planning to keep co-owner uh, or John Mora, the uh, Mara, the Giants uh, co-owner here, says they plan to retain Joe Judge next year. I kind of was shocked at that. And then the Jags have brought in some head coaching options here. They've been said to have interviewed uh, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn even ex-Eagles head coach Doug Peterson later this week. Uh, Doc, real quick, you have a favorite out of that group? Byron Leftwich. You know, he's, he's worked with Tom Brady the last couple of years. He's probably one of the most impactful quarterbacks uh, that Jacksonville has had in their history. And for the sake of the Rooney rule, let's get some more African-American head coaches in here. Give him a shot. See what he can do. Yeah, I like don't that. even have to make the point. What did you yeah, say? I, mean, I said, look at you. I don't even have to make the point. There we Come go. on, it's... It's it's the elephant in the room that everybody knows, but it isn't addressed. He'd Dave, be my wanna, favorite hire. I want to talk about uh, uh, Judge real quick. I'm never a guy that's like clamoring for other dudes to get fired, so I'm not going to do that here. But also, if there's anybody that you can make the case like just this was a tough year to evaluate them, it's probably Joe Judge. His entire starting lineup has been injured almost every single week. Like we have no consistency. There's really no way to actually value whether or not he's made good decisions. So I, I don't think giving him another year is is terrible. Yeah, there was I, an, I, well, I was going to say there was an article that Adam Schefter retweeted like a week or so ago about the dysfunction of the Giants franchise and how it goes like beyond the GM, beyond uh, the coach. So I feel like firing the coach doesn't do any good when it's just a dysfunctional franchise. Like if they don't have those two Super Bowls that when they're the sixth seed, they sneak in and they get hot. We're talking about they're probably one of the worst franchises in recent years. If you had to bet, who do you think leaked that to, to Adam Schefter? Who do you think his source was? Uh, ask it the wrong guy. I have no idea. Because I have no idea. I, I don't know who that benefits, that story. Yeah. 
Uh, Daniel Jones' Dave, agent. Dave, I'm going to have you be the lone one to comment on this last bit here. Rams officially, the Rams officially activated running back Cam Akers. Right, Akers, who tore his Achilles tendon just five months ago, is expected to potentially get some action this week, and he's going to play in the playoffs for the Rams here. Do you think he's effective at any point this season, or do you think it's kind of, uh, hey, he's going to get some work here, we see some flashes, but next year is when we are going to see that Cam Akers? I would hope they wouldn't put him out there if he wasn't going to be effective. So uh, I, I'm just like everyone else. I'm, I'm shocked he's even been activated uh, at this point. So uh, if he does anything of relevance, uh, it's going to be looked at as a positive. Uh, if he does something not great and stays healthy, it's probably still going to be looked at as a positive. Uh, so We'll see what happens. My expectations are extremely low. It's a shock he's even uh, back this this season. I don't know how true this is, but I read on Twitter that uh, the Rams activated him so he could, you know, get his pension. Oh, so I, yeah, like if they did him a solid, like it's more so that he's not exactly ready to play, but he's ready enough to be activated, and they love him, and he's worked so hard. So I did see something. Sure money. I did see something from McVeigh that said we. Could we expect to possibly see Cam Akers against uh, the yeah. Ravens. So I saw that too. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll when see. They, yeah, when they release their inactives, if he's, I mean, if they make him inactive, then you know you got to think. I mean, you have Sony Michelle, you have Jake Funk, and then probably him. So, like, as far as actually be able to get carries, I would think you're gonna need to have two or three backs activated on a Sunday. So has Jake you, Funk gotten any touches? I have to check. I'm not sure the amount of work he's got. I'm sure it's like less than. 20 carries watch them bring back malcolm brown could be could be all right uh jimmy g we are not going to talk about because doc has something about him in his short story which speaking of short stories cool story bro it's our short story segment so what we do here week 16 short story you can talk about a surprise a victory lap anything you want to come clean about maybe something that made you angry it's your 60 seconds to do whatever you want to tell us about your fantasy week 16. Dave, we'll start with you. What's your short story? You said come clean. I'm, I'm a kind of guy who likes to clear my conscience and just, you know, get the bad out and just, <laughs> you know, apologize for what I've done. Tell and I, I want to apologize for ranking Terrace Marshall ahead of Jalen Waddle in my rookie rankings because that is her as bad as any mistake I've made this year. And the lesson I would take away is one, overweighting size and two underweighting draft capital you know if i put more stock into the draft capital less into uh the weight the size the alpha build uh the the wow plays uh i don't think i ever would have con- considered making that uh mistake and or putting marshall as size i had marshall at wide receiver too ahead of multiple players who i also like bateman uh Devontae smith uh so, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, if you took any of my Terrace Marshall advice this year. Uh, that was a big swing and a miss. In fairness, he was coming off that injury, too. Yeah, but I also think at the same time, too, you had J.J. Zacharyson, who was super, super high and one of the most respected people in the industry. I know there were a lot of fantasy analysts in the Twitterverse that also had him as like a top five guy this year. I liked him a lot, maybe not to that extent, but I liked him a lot, too. You just saw the measurables that looked like it was he was the it factor. He was played at LSU, so he's already played at a high level of competition. So I get it. It definitely is, is very interesting. And, and they've noted that if you can't get it done your rookie year, 
the tra- the trajectory of being able to have a good NFL career is not nearly very good. So th- I think that's where people are getting nervous now too, because it's not like, okay, maybe they see flashes the rookie year and then they, they jump up and get better. But if you see like nothing the rookie year, I don't know. It's it's very scary. But appreciate you I, coming clean on this yeah. show. That's going to I think it lends better. credence to uh, the reception perception report too, because if you look at the just the charts, there's a lot of red and Terrace Marshall's coming out of LSU. Like, uh, I didn't have the reception perception until about six months ago, so I'm kind of wishing I did then. But <laughs> it definitely kind of validates that. I think it's a great subscription if you can get that. Shout out Matt Harmon and the reception perception team there. Brad, what's your short story? You can skip me. I'm out in all my leagues already, so (laughs) fair enough, Doc. All right, I can't defend Jimmy G anymore. Like you know, the scheme has worked for him. The offensive line, you know, the weapons we've had. He can't do anything past his first read, and I think. And I want to give credit to our guy Jeff Mueller because you know PT, and he broke down a video of Jimmy G post game twisting. cap off a water bottle and he said the way he gripped it you can't do it with the type of injury they're reporting and as somebody that sprained his thumb from david on thanksgiving football that's the type of thing that really hurts where you flinch twice so not saying jimmy g didn't get banged up in that game but i think he used the term hashtag thumbgate i think if they if jimmy g stunk it up the last two games and trade it it values him down even more they can now blame his bad game on the injury Ironically, we have a game against the Texans, kind of a confidence builder for Trey Lance. So I think the 49ers kind of blew that out of proportion. And it kind of goes in line with John Lynch's accidentally liking a tweet um, about Jimmy G getting left in Tennessee, saying he's at church. So I think that's a whole cover up. Yeah, it's. I mean, Jimmy G's been at least efficient for them. They've been a, a playoff contender. We're him. we're seven and zero when he doesn't throw an interception, and one and seven when he does. I mean, there you go. That's a, there's a stat for you. My short story in I have, we have two home leagues that we're in, and I made the championship in one. Last year I made the championships in both, and I lost in both championships. This year I was in the semifinals in both, one and one, and I lost in the other. And the reason I lost, I played the highest score on the week. I was the second highest score, and I decided to play Emmanuel Sanders over Devonta Smith because the, every time I play Devonta Smith, he always burns burns the we don't curse too much on this show but he burns the mess out of me and every time i don't play him is when he goes off on my bench and of course sanders without gabe davis and cole beasley there i thought he was going to do what isaiah mckenzie was doing as far as having a bigger role in this offense and sure enough lost by 10 points it came down to both of us being tied going into the sunday night game he had omari cooper and i had cd lamb and i had it felt like i had a decent chance but when I saw them coming out of the gates, getting the ball to Cooper, I said, nope, this is an Amari Cooper game. This is it. I'm done. David, I have two things. First of all, your short stories are never short. So that was less than consistent. 60 seconds. Way to stay consistent. Number two, you told me a couple of years ago, you said, I'll never draft Emmanuel Sanders because he burned the Chiefs in free agency. Yeah, I didn't draft him. Us, I picked, when, I picked when him up gave, in free agency. Okay, well, you picked him up in free agency. Lesson learned. You stay True to what you say, and you don't play Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, the, if future. I started Devontae Smith, I'd be in both championships in back-to-back years. So it, that it group chat was blowing up this weekend off of that game. I know it's freaking annoying. I was just like, "This is so stupid." Yeah, he, 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 like he had like Debo Samuel and Nick Chubb and Aaron Rodgers all go before Sunday, and they all smashed. I was like, "This, I'm already going down almost seventy to zero. I was like, "This is so stupid." 
But anyway, yeah, they don't need to hear about my home league. I was very upset. I had to sit. Do you like if you guys lose in the playoffs? Do you even like want to look at your box score? Not really. Not really. I guess I've already been obsessing over the box score the whole game, so I already probably know. Yeah. What <laughs> Each player doing. What is it? Am I up there? I, I had two playoff matchups in my home leagues, and I won one by one, and I lost one by one point. It was, so I was like, the whole way, like. Oh man. And I had Jalen Hurts in both leagues, so he he carried me through and won the other one. Antonio Gibson dump is what took. Place oh last man. Week. Um. All right, well, let's get, speaking of dumps, let's talk about stuff or fluff. <laughs> I don't know, that's not a good transition, but what, anyway. Uh, so I'm going to read you guys a couple statements, and you're going to tell me if it's the statement I give you, there's stuff behind it, or it's just a bunch of fluff. And I would like for you to actually use the stuff or fluff when you say it, because I'm very particular. So let's start off with number one. You can't trust Josh Jacobs in your fantasy lineup in week 17. Dave, is that stuff or fluff? Can't trust at this point. That is a whole bunch of fluff. Can't trust him. Give me a break. I get the like hate for Josh Jacobs. Like he's not sexy. He's not going to light your league on fire. He's only gone over 20 points once this year. He's only gone under 10 points once this year. And he scored 8.6 or 8.7 points. He is a lock to get volume, a lock to touch by 27 carries last week. Uh, can't trust him. Of course you can trust him. Uh, keep your expectations in check, but you know, you know what you're getting with Josh Jacobs, you know, exactly what you're getting. Uh, 75 plus yards, a couple catches, maybe a touch. So I put this question out there cause it was part of my article that I put on the 33rd team. And I said with all the potential free agent pickups that you're getting that I might bench him because his ceiling is very limited right now. And if you're in the fantasy championship right now, I don't know if I want as much, low floor that the 10 points how is the ceiling limited i because he, okay so let me tell you so right now josh jacobs has had one 100 plus yard rushing game this year only two games this year where he's had over 100 total yards in general By he the also way, last week yeah but the, he had 10 yards at halftime and he basically had one really good second half this is also josh jacobs has only finished in the top 12 in ppr scoring for running backs three times this year and he faces the colts in week 17, who have the third worst matchup for opposing running backs, giving up less than 20 points per game. They also are going to have Jonathan Taylor probably running the crap out of the ball, which is going to kill a lot of clock and allow less time for the Raiders. Not, if he, not if he keeps getting 60-yard touchdowns. I mean, in general, okay. it's at the game script, game script with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor running the ball and eating clock. The matchup, the fact that he has given you 200 total yard games in the season, three RB12 finishes or better. I just don't think in the fantasy championships with guys like Ronald Jones, you saw Alexander Madison last week, like Rashad Pennies. There's guys coming out of the woolwork here that I think have better ceilings than Josh Jacobs. Like, let me ask you guys this. If, if you have Ronald Jones and Josh Jacobs, who are you playing between the two? Josh the Bucks Jacobs. Play. The Bucks play the Jets. It's tough. But the thing is, I'm playing Ronald, I'm Jones. Playing Ronald Jones. I'm Ro playing. Ronald, yeah. Ronald Jones is one mistake away from being benched. Like, they would exactly. definitely use... They would definitely use Keyshawn Vaughn over Ronald Jones. Bruce, are you guys Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians was saying Keyshawn Vaughn is a lead dog. Is are you that guys? What I mean, yeah. I don't know. What to I'm take a sucker for Ronald Jones. Don't take my Ronald Jones advice. Are you guys playing way too Jacobs much Ronald Jones this year? All right, Dave. Dave, are you guys me... playing? Let me let's finish a couple more name games here. Are you guys playing Rashad Penny or Josh Jacobs? Rashad Penny. Jacobs. Penny's playing Detroit. I mean, I'm going with Penny on that one. Okay. Are you guys playing Daryl Williams, who's expected to start for the Chiefs this week, or are you playing Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. Who do the Chiefs play? They play Cincinnati. 
Jacobs. Michael Burton is going to score go rushing with, touchdowns. If CH is out, I would go with Daryl Williams. So that this is my point is there's a bunch of these guys coming out of here right now. Right, Alexander Dave. Madison last week too. Like there's guys that you can plug in over Josh Jacobs right now, who's most likely your RB two or your flex. Dave, and, let me let me tell you let me tell you why this is fluff. Okay. Last five games, twenty seven attempts, fifteen attempts, nine attempts, thirteen attempts, twenty two attempts. So last three, five three games, of those are less than twenty. Huh? Three of those games, he's less than twenty attempts. So what? Like that's relative to what? He's a workhorse back in the league where there aren't workhorse backs anymore. Listen to the targets he's had: three, four, six, nine, and four. Like, even if the the Colts stuff him up, which is a distinct possibility, whether it's game script or just because Indianapolis has a stout run, he's gonna get the targets. And if you draft Josh Jacobs, you draft him to be your starting running back. So there's a good chance that you don't have anybody on the waiver wire or on your bench that's better than Jacobs. I disagree, so I, though. I think. Let me ask you guys: Sony Michelle or Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. I'm I go Michelle. You're talking Michelle. about like all of these, all of these, even if there's like a rough, like you mentioned the Jets. I think it was, who was it playing the Jets? Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. So I agree that that's a better matchup for running back. However, all of these teams have these explosive um, uh, quarterbacks and explosive passing games. So you don't know where these points are going to come from. Like there's a good chance it's going to come from, you know, Antonio Brown and Gronk and Tom Brady. As you know how we settle Ryan this Jones. is you guys make a bet. I, I was going to say, I don't know Which what the I bet you want. Last week. I don't know because he got hurt. James Robinson literally got hurt like the second drive of the game. Which Did I win or not? Injuries don't count towards a bet anyway. But they count, they count no, they don't. John even said the bet didn't count. But I will say this. Last week is an example. Just for free agent pickups and guys I had stashed. Last week I had a situation where I could only start three running backs. And I had Jonathan Taylor. Najee Harris, Damian Harris, Ronald Jones, and Alexander Madison, and Javante Williams. I, those that's, six guys. That's great. And, but last week is also an example of Josh Jacobs going against a tough run defense and getting 27 carries and 129. All right. Josh so Jacobs. Let's do it both. Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game this season. Let's set the line at 14.5. But he, he might, but he potentially could beat it, but still not be worth starting over the guys I mentioned. And and he was averaging that while Kenyon Drake was his handcuff. I would take right. four. I would take 14.5. Is that a fair line? Sure. I, I need I need the okay from David. The thing is, is like I'm more betting on the guys that are going to finish ahead of him rather than what he finishes with. Yeah, but I, I don't think I mean if if somebody gave you fourteen point five, you wouldn't say that that's all right. How about this? Game. How about this? Uh, and Dave, I want you to weigh on in this too. Let's say Ronald Jones, Rashad Penny, and who was the, the other guy I mentioned? Darrell Williams. Darrell Williams. I bet you he finishes fourth behind all those guys. Okay, I'll take that bet. All right, let's let's write it down now. So we got. So if you finish the second or third or even first, yep, you're okay I, with that. We got, assuming in the Daryl Williams. What are the stakes? Daryl Williams is the contingent that he's the starter and Ceh is out. Rojo, Daryl Williams, uh, and Penny, and Penny. Penny. It's contingent for for Daryl Williams that Ceh is inactive for that if game. CH, if C, give me another one. If if Ceh isn't inactive, Sony Michelle. Give us sub. Sony yeah. Michelle. So just take CEH out. Just put just put Sony Michelle in. Okay, fine. Sony Michelle Williams. will be the other one. My guy Skyler popping in. What's up, buddy? No, you're uh, talking about he, me. Okay. He's, he's in right for the top back. of his bet. 
Uh, we'll have to figure out the stakes of this bet. I don't know what it's going to be yet. <laughs> At least we'll do something embarrassing, I'm sure. Uh, we have other stuff. We'll do something embarrassing. I'm going to win. Well, we kind of talked about Rashad Penny. Let me just jump to this one. Rashad Penny could potentially be a league winner for you in championship week going against the Detroit Lions. And just a quick notes on Rashad Penny. Over the last three games, he's averaging uh, two of the last three games. He scored 19 and a half or more PPR points. Been a top nine running back in two of those games. He has 44 carries over the last three games. For reference, DJ Dallas has 14 and Alexander Madison has seven. They're the next two closest. Detroit's giving up 27 and a half fantasy points per games to running backs, which is the third worst among teams this season. You would expect that the Seahawks have a positive game script where he can be efficient. Last week, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, Penny ran for 114 of his 135 carries between the tackles and put on display why he was a first round pick. Could Rashad Penny be a league winner championship week stuff or fluff doc? I, yeah, I made a video a couple weeks ago before the playoffs saying that he's going to be a league winner, just not against the Rams. And that's what it's looking true so far. I mean, he faces the Lions who are 28th against the run, allowing over 135 yards per game. Seattle was averaging 23 rush attempts per game, which was 28th in the NFL. But a lot of it is because they were playing from behind. And when they have a lead, what they like to do is run the ball. You know, they don't, they never like to let Russ cook. They're a team that is ground and pound and they kind of have a lack of depth. Uh, you know, obviously Chris Carson is hurt. Alex Collins didn't get any work last game. DJ Dallas has been getting some of the passing down back, but I think they also want to see what they have in Rashad Penny, especially if Chris Carson can't play next year. So he's definitely a top 12 back for me. He's an unrestricted free agent too. So it's kind of like a showcase for him too. Dave stuff or fluff. There's definitely some stuff here. Absolutely. There's some stuff to this. I mean, Rashad Penny, it's always been the injuries with him. He's had two blow-up games in the past three weeks. It wasn't just this past week against mm-hmm. Chicago. Two 20-point-plus games. 17 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown against Chicago last week. Two weeks ago against Houston, almost identical. 16 for a buck 37 and two tutties. I mean, if he is on, he's on. He can score 20-plus points for you. Like David said, if, you're, if you want upside – you're playing Rashad Penny over Josh Jacobs this week, and, mm-hmm. and you're not hesitating. He's got two 20-pointers in the past three weeks. Ah, Jacobs, Jacobs, has it, gone, Jacobs has gone over 20 once this year, one time, ah, the whole year. Love it. If you want upside, you want to play to win, you are playing Rashad Penny over Josh Jacobs. I yeah. guess I'm on your team. Team you, Dave you, Squad, let's go. You just, you just inadvertently gave a shout-out to our boy, Nick. You said if you're playing to win. Play to win, P2W. Yeah. Um, We're playing to win here. Let's let's close the book on Rashad Penny here just for time's sake. And Brad, I'll start with you here with one of the ones I want to talk about. Cordero Patterson is no longer a must start. Is that stuff or fluff? I'm going to go fluff. Uh, You know, Doc said it earlier this this episode, you know, the name of the game is volume. And we're looking at a guy who's going to get carries and he's going to get targets. And if that's the case, you have to just kind of swallow up the fact that Potentially a guy's going to give you a dud, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't not start Tyree kill just because he had a bad game last week, you know, like it's, it's a volume game. You want opportunity and um, Cordero Patterson is going to give you that opportunity regardless of who he's playing. Well, so just some stats on Cordero Patterson here. Is it Cordero or Corderell? I think How it's Cordero. I said it wrong. So Cordero Patterson, the RB 22 since week 13. So that's four games averaging 9.8 fantasy points per game down the stretch here. 
in, the, in week 16 against Detroit, you just saw seven carries for 14 yards and one catch for minus one yards. Touchdown salvaging his day. They're not throwing him the ball anymore. He's strictly become a running back for them. And he's looked like he's kind of lost some juice that he had earlier this year. Just doesn't look like he has that, just the eye test. Not as elusive, not as fast as he was earlier. Maybe the hits are kind of taking a toll on him. And the Falcons go against Buffalo week 17. They allow 21 fancy points per game to the position. I know that they just had Damian Harris score three touchdowns. But you also expect the Falcons to be in a very negative game script here. And if they're not throwing him the ball anymore, I'm kind of worried about that. He's in that same, like, He's a he's better than Josh Jacobs, obviously, but he's think- in that same area where I'm 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 concerned about playing him if I have him when it's all the marbles here and I might Why want is everything somebody- every point you're making talking about how somebody's better than Josh Jacobs. I mean that's the theme <laughs> of the show, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Doc, really quick, if you have uh, Cordero or Cordero Pat Cordero Patterson, what are you doing with him? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it really depends on the options that you have. I think if you're limited, you definitely play him just because of the upside we've seen this year. And, you know, you picked him up as a free. That's somebody that we that we deemed as a league winner when you got him in free agency, arguably the pickup of the year. You know, if you have the pennies or the Rojos and the higher scoring offense that have a more favorable matchup. But, I mean, they're looking to get him the ball. Like you said, seven carries, but one target. You don't have to worry about him just being exclusively a running back or exclusively a wide receiver, but I think you do need to temper your expectations a little bit. Fair enough, Dave. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, he's not a must start in the matchup at this point. It's a one week season. Like, you have to be willing to sit just about anyone. There are very few must starts uh, in a one week season. If you're playing to win, you got to you got to try and be as uh, objective as possible. Take a mm-hmm. step back and. Uh, just play the best matchup of the week. To be honest with you guys, it's kind of why I'm not going to, you know, spend time. I'm thinking about benching Najee Harris in a couple of leagues where I have a lot of running back options, just because in, if it's any type of thing, that's not PPR related. He's getting a lot of his points because he's getting a lot of catches. But as far as the amount of yardage he's accumulating, it's been, he's getting very much baseline number. He's barely getting you double digits every week. So he doesn't seem like he has. Who are you going to bench him for? Uh, well, I mean, in the reference of the league I'm in, I have, like I mentioned before, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Ronald Jones, oh, yeah, Alexander absolutely. Madison, Damian Harris. Like, there's, I played him last week and it was fine, but I, I'm considering taking him out this week. And that's just the reality. I just think, I think that he's, makes sense. A, he's a name. Uh, let's do one more really quick here. You should be concerned if you roster CD Lamb. Is that stuff for fluff? And I'll give you some context. If you look at CD Lamb recently, he has 27 receptions for 280 yards and zero touchdowns over the last five games. A lot of that could be tied to Dak, who before the four-touchdown game against Washington had only thrown five touchdowns in the last four games prior. And if you look, I mean, Slam has had nine targets in three of the last five games, where, and those have been the team leads. But uh seems like Lamb's, I don't want to say like his, his ceiling has been capped, because obviously you can see what Lamb is capable of. But I think many people were like, this is going to be a smash wide receiver one every week. And it seems like it hasn't been that way recently. So, Dave, is this stuff or fluff? You should be concerned if you roster CD Lamb. That is so much fluff to me. That is a peanut butter and fluff. Hold the peanut butter. That is <laughs> yeah, all, oh my God, all fluff. That. that is nothing but fluff. I mean, see, the thing with CD you don't know when he's going to go off. In this offense, like, I talk about one week season. Wide receivers, I feel like, are a little bit less predictable. I mean, 
you just don't know when the big game's going to happen. Like you said, oh, this is going to be an Amari game. Well, at any point, it could be a CD Lamb game, and it could be fireworks. Like, if I have him, I'm playing him no matter what. I'm not – the only concern time I use concern and CD Lamb in the same sense is saying, I'm concerned I don't have enough CD Lamb shares on my yeah. teams. That, that's about the only time I'll, I'll say concern and CD Lamb together. I'm with you on that. Doc or Brad, do you guys disagree? If not, then we can move on. No, I, I think David said it best that it's uh, – it can be a CD lamb any week. It's really pick your poison with Cowboys receivers. I just want to say before we wrap up this segment, potential new sponsor. We should write to fluff stuff or fluff, and then give them a little plug. <laughs> yeah, We'll see if we could do that after this show here. We'll, we'll see what we could do. Um, let's move on now to our obscure tight end touchdown of the week segment here. So this is a, basically a, the criteria is a tight end rostered in 50% or less of ESPN league. So it's a little bit looser than, than some formats like streamer and other places here. So who's your call? Cause the hit rate around here is not very good. So we're going to start with our guest here, David, who's your choice for the tight end? I hope I can help with the hit rate. Uh, Cause this to me was the easiest question on the show. She, I, I know exactly who I'm going to go to. And I got two of them. It would be, First off, Gerald Everett. Who no, won. you get one. You get one. <laughs> That's the rule. Wait, hold on. Wait, what's, what's your other one? Just if, if they have it, then let's hear it. Well, let me tell you about Gerald Everett. <laughs> I would say it's got to be Gerald Everett, number one, if anybody, Gerald Everett, because he in the past five games, he scored three touchdowns. He has double-digit fantasy points in, I think, uh, three straight games. Uh, he's got four-plus targets in six of the past seven games since Russell Wilson's return. Uh, he's a great bet to end up in the end zone again. If he's already rostered, I would say my sleeper boy would be Brevin Jordan, who has three touchdowns, mine. three touchdowns. That's why we don't do two because he just in six mine. games. Oh yeah, there's barely <laughs> yeah, anyone. Wait, wait, no. who, are you, who are you locking in? You lock in. It's Gerald Everett. Gerald, Gerald Everett's his pick. All right, then we know Brad's. Brad, you alluded to yours. You like Brevin Jordan? Uh, yeah, I like Brevin Jordan. Uh, I think Davis Mills. Is a very underrated quarterback, and he seems to be getting uh, a little bit comfortable with the offense, a little bit comfortable with the speed of the game. I'm not going to say he's, you know, turned a corner or anything, but I think they can safely say they can invest that first-round pick elsewhere on the team and and just see what Davis Mills has next year. Um, I think Brevin Jordan is, you know, he's an explosive tight end out of Miami. He's got three touchdowns in the year. Um and he's really starting to get targets. He's got four targets, seven targets, and four targets in his last three games played. Um, and the game script is probably going to be in their favor against San Francisco because, you know, even without Jimmy G, San Francisco is a better team than Houston. So I like Brevin Jordan. I'll just say this before Doc goes. My pick was Gerald Everett, too, just for the fact <laughs> if you look over the last five weeks, they've given up three touchdowns to tight end over the last five weeks. 90 or more yards to tight ends over the last uh, three times over the last five weeks. And they've given up eight or more receptions to tight ends in three of the last five weeks, actually minimum of six receptions to tight ends speak, over the last five speak weeks. Speak for yourself on that hit rate, man. I'm doing all right. I, I lose track. Cause I have to like, listen back to see who got right and who got wrong, but I do know it's yours is the best, but it has not been great. That's a tough game to play, man. That's why I invest in tight end early. So I don't have to yeah. play that game on the <laughs> way for wire. It's yeah, a whole, whole painstaking game. That's why you play to win the game, baby. Doc, who's your, who's your pick? 
I'm going Cole Komet. He has been getting the volume. He just hasn't been getting the red zone. He doesn't get in the end zone. Nick Nick Foles overthrew him last week. Well, here's his targets last five games: 11, 7, 5, God, 9, and that, 5. That's fantastic. He gets targets. He, he doesn't not, get in the end zone. Look, look, how many touchdowns does he have this year? He has zero, and that's the thing. He's not going to be on the Miles Sanders He's club. Due. He's I have due. faith. I have faith that Doc, he you're going to go a whole Miles. season getting not one correct. <laughs> Doc's fine. the only one who that's, has not picked one. That's well. No, I had a Zach Ertz one. It got called back. But here's my thing. I'm prepared to get zero this year, just bounce back. You know, you you hit the ground and you bounce up higher. So I'm kind of hoping I get it wrong so that way I can just come out firing next So you're year. throwing it on purpose. I kind of, yes. I with zero touchdowns on here. Kind of. <laughs> there you go. That makes, that makes more sense now. I hope I'm now telling you, gonna... I'm, I'm going to win this category next year. I hope he gets a touchdown so you just have a wrench thrown in your plan there. Ah. All right, well. We're going to skip the DFS stacks this week just because of time purposes to get to our last couple segments of the show here, which, of course, starts with our, of course, question of the week. So our question of the week, oh, I, didn't, I forgot that his laugh was that long on my soundboard. Our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. New depositors receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Triple play, Brad. I'm reading my show sheet, so I hope you have the code up on screen. Up oh, there, you go. I just my man always has it covered, so make sure you do that. All right, our question this week: Which NFL quarterback would you be most scared to drop a pass from if they threw it to you? So when I asked this question, in other words, if you felt like you dropped it, that they were going to give you the stink eye and they were going to be very disappointed in you, and you'd feel embarrassed that you dropped the ball. I have one I in mind. Very- I feel like we all have the same answer. We don't. Do, do we? I guarantee uh, oh, you we don't. I guarantee right, Dave, you. go ahead and lead it off. <laughs> I'll tell you the opposite of who I know I wouldn't have to fear. And that is my boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you know why? Why? Because I have caught a pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick Ooh! before <laughs> as a child. When he was a quarterback at Harvard, my uh, peewee team got free tickets to the game. We got to go meet the team afterwards and uh, go to the locker rooms. We went outside. And uh, there's Fitzpatrick. He's got a little ball. Who's the wide receiver on the team, he says. Who do you think it was? I was going to say you must he have He says, been go player. deep. I go deep. Beautiful pass, catch. Uh, he's a real real cool guy. I, I wouldn't be worried one bit dropping I'm a pass su- from him. He would I'm be su- awesome about I'm it. I'm surprised that he threw it to you because you weren't in double coverage. You know, it, there was no defender, so uh, okay. uh, I did have that to my advantage. Okay. Fair enough. Fair. Now, Doc, you said we're gonna have the same answer. Who's your pick? Tom Brady. Like, oh, that was that's not my answer. I, you can you imagine drop it? Like, you're a nobody. You drop a pass from Tom Brady. Says, I'm never throwing that guy the ball again. I don't think he has that mentality as much as all the guy. I think he definitely does. He, definitely does. he throws a hissy fit every time. Yeah. Smash the tablet, you'd be dropping that ball. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you see Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've dropped plenty of balls. Yeah, but they're them. established receivers. We're talking about no. Are you Mike yeah. Evans or Chris Godwin? No, I wish I was. <laughs> imagine, he th- imagine you run the first route and he hits you and you drop it. And he said, okay, I'm 0 for 1 targeting this guy, not throwing him the ball anymore. I have a better one. I'll let Brad go first. I was going to say Cam Newton. Uh, really? I think, but yeah, Cam Newton's because... not accurate. He's not even going to get you the ball. Well, it seems like the way he's been playing, it seems like his career is hinging on every single throw he makes. So if you drop a pass from him, that could be the last pass from Cam Newton you ever see. So I'd be scared. That's That's actually a really good one, Brad. Uh, Mine was Aaron Rodgers because you've seen it where 
when Alan Lazard dropped that second touchdown against them, for my correct, I don't think he got a target the rest of the game. In that the game we just saw on Saturday, you saw Rodgers like like look like this and just like give him like the look like and they even mentioned on the broadcast, they said Aaron Rodgers is known if you drop the ball, you're not gonna most likely get more looks during the game. Like they even mentioned that on the broadcast. Rodgers and Brady should be the the top two answers, but I do love Brad's answer. No, Brad's answer the makes the down. I hate to bring the mood down, guys, but uh, rest in peace, John Madden. Are you serious? Died at 85. I just got a um, just got an alert from ESPN come across my phone. Oh, that man. sucks. I didn't know. Man. Uh, we're going to. I, I mean, hate to bring the mood down, but I, I felt like I had to say that on our football show, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, again, John, very much a legend. Jeez. We'll. No, no way to transition from that. Just rest in we, peace. We to might as well just end it there. Let's let's save the game for next week. You can't really, you can't really transition to a game after hearing that news. It's fair enough. Fair enough. We'll save the game for next week. Uh, but on that note, I want to say, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure having you. And I would like to let you go ahead and plug away all the great stuff that you're doing right now. Uh, there's not a whole lot to plug. Like I said, websites uh, under development right now. If you want to follow me on Twitter uh, at Guru Fantasy World W R L D, you can follow me there. Uh, also on YouTube, I've got some links uh, pinned to to my Twitter bio as well. If you want to check it out there. All right, fair enough. Dave is a great guy, and again, one of the best followers in the fantasy football Twitter community. So make sure you're following. Where can they follow you at? At Guru Fantasy World. There we go. And Thank for everybody that. Of course, man. And for everybody that tunes into Triple Play Fantasy every week, we appreciate you, whether you watch the YouTube or you listen to the podcast. Next week, we'll be joined by another great guest to break down week 17 and look ahead to week 18 if you play in the championship then. But until then, everyone, be safe out there. Enjoy your seven hours of commercial-free football. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>